Chapter 14. Patient Tips. Survival in Drug World. Drug world is a shocking place. We must face this unpleasant reality if we do not want to surrender our health to corporate marketers. Few doctors understand and fewer admit that our system is nearly anarchy. Inside the pharma companies, the denial is even deeper. They have hundreds of thousands of nice, well-meaning, and even idealistic people. Peter Ross explains in his book, Whistleblower, published in 2006, how group behavior and peer pressure transform these ordinary individuals into a criminal hive, a situation analogous to war crimes. He was an executive for several of these companies. The COVID vaccine is a false promise. At the publication date, Big Pharma, led by Pfizer, is telling us they will deliver us from coronavirus. There will, of course, be a vaccine, and it will be costly. Proof of its efficacy will be shrouded in adulterated studies. If a true immunization is developed, it would be the first time in history anything like this ever happened in such a time frame. Orwell's 1945 quote about the delusions of academics applies to this. One has to belong to the intelligentsia to believe things like that. No ordinary man could be such a fool. Can we trust any medications? A limited set are essential for health care. Many have addictive qualities because our bodies try to adapt to them. These include opioids for pain, all drugs used for psychiatry, and most drugs used for neurology. Aspirin, statins, and calcium channel blockers also cause withdrawal syndromes. Even diuretics or water pills, which are harmless compared to others, may put patients who quit them through weeks of swelling. You may now think most drugs are a net harm, and I agree. Since side effects can be serious, taking anything is a risk. Once you understand this, you may discontinue some of yours. If you try to quit, get help from your doctor. Doing your own reading and preparation makes it easier to work with them. It will also give you the confidence to decide for yourself. You learn that some health rules you thought were rigid are actually flexible. The first principle is to avoid drugs if you can. For example, it's all right to say no to cancer treatments that work poorly or not at all. See the failed cancer treatments chapter later. Another example, some drugs used to control heart rhythm kill more people than they save. If you are treated with one, be sure you understand why. Drugs prescribed solely to alter laboratory readings are mostly inadvisable. Perhaps you have been told that there is something wrong with your blood pressure, cholesterol, sugar, or bone density. For each of these, lifestyle changes have more benefits than drugs. Question every prescription. At worstpills.org, they quote, list the drugs we and our consultants think you should not use. For each of these, we recommend safer alternatives. This excellent website is worth the small yearly fee. Their simple rule is to wait seven years after drugs go on the market before using them. Lack of efficacy and harmful side effects are usually apparent by then. They describe the, quote, seven deadly sins of medication use. You can often spot them, even if your physician does not. The following are from their superb article, Misprescribing and Overprescribing of Drugs. First, treating side effects of one drug with more drugs. 
Second, prescribing drugs when lifestyle changes are more effective. Third, using drugs that do not work. Virus treatment with antibiotics is an example. Fourth, use of new drugs rather than the simplest and the cheapest. Fifth, prescribing multiple drugs that interact with each other. Seventh, multiple drugs are used rather than just one. Eighth, prescribing drugs in doses that are too high. If you decide that you need medications, price shop them. Several websites show the cheapest cost for each insurance plan. You can often find drugs for even less than your copay. See healthwarehouse.com, goodrx.com, blinkhealth.com, wearex.org, Costco and Sam's Club, independent and grocery store pharmacies, and shopping outside the U.S. Watch your retail pharmacy closely to avoid being overcharged. They're not like a grocery store. Price shopping for food is natural, you understand it, and in some stores, prices are nearly wholesale anyway. Since you rarely go to the pharmacy, price comparison is more difficult. You know much less about drugs than the pharmacist, and they will gouge you if you are not careful. For example, the Mupiracin antibiotic ointment that's oil-based Bactroban brand went off patent and now costs $10 a tube. The company later patented a cream, water-based, and priced it at $80. Know the difference or they will sell you the expensive type. The ointment is better for most things anyway. Generic versus patented drugs. The flip side of price shopping is that you may be handed cheaper generics. In theory, they are identical, but the quality control on foreign manufactured generics is inferior to the brand names, and this may translate into problems for you. Since you often get a different generic every time you reorder, you may find some are weaker or problematic in other ways. I have observed this when prescribing calcium channel blocker blood pressure medications. The patented ones seem to work better with fewer side effects. Another example, I prescribed a generic beta blocker drug called metoprolol, which was supposed to work for 24 hours. But after only 12 hours, the patient's heart rate would go up and the patient would go into an abnormal heart rhythm called atrial fibrillation. This meant the drug was shorter acting than the manufacturer claimed. I even tried having the patient cut the pills in half and take them every 12 hours, but this also worked poorly. Here's how drug names work. The industry usually creates both a confusing chemical name and also a catchy trade name to use when harassing doctors and patients. Celebrex, for example, has a chemical name of Selexcoxib. Medical journals traditionally use the chemical name. I've used whatever seems more readable here. Since patented medications are more dependable than generics, look for them overseas. Most manufacturers sell their patented drugs in other countries at a fraction of the U.S. price, often using another brand name. You can purchase them by mail order from foreign pharmacies' websites. Some are over-the-counter there, making this easy. Best of all, the prices are cheaper elsewhere. Sometimes they are 50 to even 98% less than in the U.S. In late 2017, Brand name Viagra was $65 here for a single 100 milligram tablet and $30 for the quote authorized generic. By early 2020, GoodRx.com, which compares U.S. based pharmacies, was offering this generic for around $12. Check for updates on their website. 
but various Indian websites sell the same medication for a dollar. I have a close friend who tried the Indian version, and he said it was a little weak but worked fine. The industry calls this reimportation, and they aggressively oppose it, supposedly to protect drug quality. Several state governments have championed their citizens' rights to order abroad, however. There were congressional fights in the early 2000s to make this lawful nationwide, but our bought-and-paid-for legislature continues to block it. The compromise seems to leave it illegal, but not to prosecute anyone. Since the FDA does not reach out of the U.S., there are more quality issues abroad. A maker might fake a brand name. A generic might have no active ingredients or even contain contaminants. But by 2014, wholesalers were importing 80% of the drugs and ingredients used here anyway. European pharmacies get most of their drugs from other countries as well. PharmacyChecker.com can tell you if the medications ordered overseas are likely okay. The best policy is always caveat emptor. Learn as much as you can before you buy and observe the effects of anything you take. And be just as careful at Walgreens as when buying internationally. For another point of view, scan the World Health Organization, that's WHO, model list of essential medicines. These are 460 mostly sensible drugs, the vast majority old generics. Dull as it sounds, it is interesting reading for most practicing physicians. To get a flavor for this list, the only statin drug is Zocor, which has been off patent since 2006. Blood pressure medications include diuretics, that's water pills, a few ACE inhibitors, and some venerable off-patent calcium channel blockers. The only antidepressants are amitriptyline and Prozac, the oldest ones in each category, and the only antipsychotic is another senior citizen, Haldol. They include no atypical antipsychotics. Zofran, the anti-nausea drug, somehow made the list. Levothyroxine is the only thyroid replacement recommended. For a final perspective, I asked Ms. Google. I typed, quote, prescription medications that work the best, on 522.20. This is what I saw. Top 10 drugs prescribed in the U.S. Number one, Vicodin. Number two, Simvastatin. That's generic for Zocor. Number three, Lisinopril. That's Prinavil or Zestrel. Number four, Levothyroxine. That's Synthroid. Number five, Azithromycin. That's Zithromax. Number six, Metformin. That's Glucophage. Number seven, Lipitor. Number eight, amlodipine, that's Norvasc. And at the bottom it said, what are the 10 top drugs prescribed in the U.S.? These are sensible, but at least half are phenomenally overprescribed. These include Vicodin, the two statins, and the heavily marketed antibiotic Zithromax. The World Health Organization does not recommend Vicodin, which is hydrocodone-Tylenol combination, but instead it's older relative codeine. Thyroid disease has been treated with pork thyroid since the 1890s. This is superior to levothyroxine and far cheaper. It is a complex story about how money ruins science. If you are interested, especially if you take thyroid, see StopTheThyroidMadness.com or wait for my publication of the book about hormones. On the same search down the page, Google treats us to the top earners. And the title is, What is the Top Selling Drug? Humira, $19.1 billion dollars. 
Eliquis, $9.8 billion. Revlimid, $9.7 billion. Keytruda, $7.1 billion. Inbril, $7.1 billion. Herceptin, $7 billion. Avastin, $6.9 billion. Isla, $6.7 billion. These are exotics, specialty drugs, mostly for specialty diseases with special price tags and equally special names. They treat multiple myeloma, blood clots, cancers, and inflammatory diseases. Humira, the biggest earner for two years, treats rheumatoid and other kinds of arthritis. Patients who use it may enjoy a copay assistance program, which magically transforms a bill of over $6,000 a month to $35, shifting the costs onto the other insureds or the taxpayer. Google never did tell me which drugs work the best.